Hello and welcome in to another episode of the Fantasy Betting Podcast. Coming at you with our Week Seven Best Bets recap and our Week Eight preview. Recording a little later than normal uh, in the week here, Wednesday night. I just got back from a trip yesterday, so. Cody was nice enough to postpone our uh, best bets recap to week seven, and it also let me uh, marinate in my losses a little bit longer. So, uh, Cody, you had the the down week last week. I had it this week. It happens to everyone. But uh, how was your weekend other than the uh, the football? Uh, yeah, it was a solid weekend for me. I uh, went three one and one in my best bets, so those are doing well. Survived in my survivor league where. I believe a little over 30 people, which was almost half of the people remaining, got out on the Buffalo Bills and the San Francisco 49ers. So looking pretty good there, looking a lot better than we were. And then uh, the guillotine fantasy football league that I'm in, I feel like I currently have the best team constructed. So I I feel pretty good there as well. As for normal fantasy football, I am getting wrecked right now in every single league, and it is just not stopping. So... Hoping to turn that tide, but uh, how was Denver? How did your fantasy teams go? We obviously know not too great betting-wise, but it is what it is. Like you said, everyone has those weeks. Yeah, my fantasy teams followed my best bets into a 1-4 week. Uh, my first losing week on the year, actually, so I can't complain too much. Had a 2-point loss and a 5-point loss, so everything really just uh, going down the drain for me uh, this week. The the weekend in Denver was one of the only things that saved to kind of help keep my mind off the, the football. But, um, you know, those weeks are going to happen, like you said. Uh, my first losing week in both fantasy and betting this week, actually, or betting this year, actually. I haven't had a perfect week in betting, but we have been above water every week until this week. So uh, it's all good. We are going to recap it, see where we can get better next week. Uh, Cody, I'm going to go ahead and kick it off because I had the Thursday night game. Let's do it. This one's probably the most distant in most people's memory. I had New Orleans minus one uh, against Jacksonville on the Thursday night action. Jacksonville won this one 31 to 24. This one was pretty much, I was on the wrong side for basically the whole game. Trevor Lawrence was completely healthy. His knee injury was not a concern at all, even though it was basically a game time decision as to whether he was going to play or not. He ran for 60 plus yards. I mean, you couldn't tell that guy had a knee injury for anything. So Betting on that was just a mistake to begin with. Um, yeah, and I think the other mistake I made here is something you talked about the week before, betting against the better coach and the better quarterback. Uh, you know, I, whether Trevor Lawrence is going to be the better quarterback due to injury was kind of up for debate, but uh, he definitely was uh, on Thursday. Even considering that, though, the Saints had a very, very good chance to tie the game at the end and, uh, you know, maybe get me the backdoor cover in overtime. But uh, I can't really be too upset about this one. The, the Jags were the better team. Yeah, and it was right there to be had. Obviously, the ball went off of Foster Moreau's fingertips in the back of the end zone. So, um, worst case scenario, maybe they go for two, they get it, and then it's a push for you. So, yeah, I I feel you. That one's a little bit tough. But like you said, that's kind of just bad reporting, I feel like, on the injury. Because everything leading up to the game was, like, very questionable, going to be limited if he right. plays, all that stuff. And then he gets out there, and like you said, rushes for 60 yards and really never looked to be in any kind of pain on the field. So, that was just kind of a rough one. Kind of like those who started B. John Robinson in fantasy this week. So. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have any shares of B. John, thank God. But, man, I can't imagine. I would have been very upset. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I also I might be the only one that has this take, but I didn't think that was a drop by Foster Moreau. That was off the edge of his fingertips. I mean, he's not a guy that's going to jump out of the building. thought it was just a bad throw by Carr. I mean, he was pretty bad all night. And, um, 
I don't know. I'm the only one I think in America that holds that opinion. You're not, because... It it was... I did not think it was a drop, straight up. I mean, it was off the edge of both of his fingertips. And again, this is not a guy that's going to get vertical. So, Carr should have put a better ball on it, in my opinion. Yep. I'm actually right there with you. I tweeted... If you don't follow my Twitter, follow the TikTok, Instagram, all that stuff. It's all linked in the bottom. Subscribe, all that good stuff as well. But I tweeted that that wasn't as good of a throw as everyone was making it out. And he could have put it on Foster Moreau, and it was an easier touchdown. And everyone says it would have gotten intercepted or you have to make that catch, yada, yada, yada. So I kind of just thought – I had multiple people respond and say that he should have caught that ball. So I was like, maybe I just didn't see it right. But I, I saw it the same way. I thought it could have been a lot no, better of a throw I, and much and easier he didn't of a catch. Need, he didn't need to lead him. Like, he could have just hit him where he was in the end zone, stopped. I mean, he had so much room to make that a better ball. There was no one on his back. It wasn't like he was tightly covered, so – I thought that was definitely on Carr and not Moreau. I didn't get all the hate for him afterwards, especially considering what he went through in the offseason and the fact that he's not their pass-catching tight end. I mean, this is a guy that is kind of your number two blocking uh, blocking tight end. So, uh, yeah, either way, uh, bad bet on New Orleans on my part. I will take the L and uh, can't really complain too much about it. Cody, yep. uh, go to your first best bet. Yep, my first one will go over here. Lions at Ravens. The Ravens at minus three. This one was pretty much cashed at halftime. The Lions were kind of just completely outclassed by Lamar and the Ravens. Like I said on last week's preview, the rest of the Lions schedule is on the easier side. So I had to feel like I had to take you know, the better team when they were playing a team that was better than them. There's not going to be a lot of those chances throughout the rest of the year. I believe they're 6-1 and one against the spread now. So the only losses to the Ravens this week, have they have been the public darlings. Um, so it was good, nice to get the other side of that. Um, and really my only other takeaway from this game is the Ravens, they may just be pretty good. I mean, their defense is pretty solid. Lamar's playing better um, in this new offense. I still think there's going to be some growing pains in a you know a game where they have to pass the ball and it's not just a complete blowout or the other team's just in you know in, insufficient pretty much. So, um, But overall, my takeaway, it was obviously a good bet. The Ravens looked really good and you know, this is probably going to be one of the only times I feel comfortable betting against the Lions the rest of the year. Yeah, we were both on that one from pretty much the beginning. Um, I, I the, One of the things, the other things I kind of wrote down in my notes uh, to just kind of take away moving forward is I don't care how much we overlap moving forward because that would have been in my five. Yep, but I, I knew we were going to have Philly overlapping as well. And I just, you know, I kind of want to spread it out, let people make some, you know, if you, maybe you only like two of our five bets, but... You know, if, the, if there's three or four overlapping, it's going to be harder to spread it out. But I don't care anymore. I, I am just going to take the bets I like because I hammered the Ravens on my own uh, a lot more so than some of these other bets. So uh, that would have been one of my two or three favorites. And, yeah, it, it was easy cash from the beginning. The Ravens' offense was clicking on all cylinders. Um, but, yeah, I I have my questions about the Ravens' offense moving forward. They kind of had, they tend to do this from time to time. They're pretty inconsistent. So we'll see. Uh, the defense looks great, but... Yeah, I mean they're 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 a pretty legit contender right now. I would say uh, I don't really have I don't really worry if you're the Lions either. You know yep. you're going to have a letdown at some point. Um, yeah, I think you'll have a get right game this week against the Vegas Raiders. We'll talk about that later. My second best bet: Cleveland at Indy under forty one. Whoops, Daisy thirty nine thirty eight. Could not have been more wrong. Cleveland's defense just did not show up. We had tons of turnovers and defensive touchdowns and broken plays and long touchdowns back and forth so uh it's you know i could point to a few of these things and say oh well this was unlucky but i can't point to five things and say this was unlucky this is just a bad bet from the beginning 
Indianapolis loves to play over games. I really, I should have gotten off of it. I kind of mentioned that when we talked about the best bets going in. I mentioned that the uh, the fact they play a quick pace kind of scared me, and uh, I don't know if that was what did it, but you know, it, it was it was not close. <laughs> they had, I think, there was like thirty points in the first quarter, so it was pretty much dead right away. Yeah, like you said, it was kind of it was a lot of broken plays, defensive touchdown, long scoring touchdowns. I mean, there was the one, like you said, there's not just one you can look to, but for instance, the Michael Pittman touchdown where. Basically, the defender just yep. bounces right off of him, and then he scores. You know, from the fifty-yard line, it's like those. You just got those are just they're rough losses, but you just kind of got to take it on the chin. Nothing, nothing could have really been done there when that that kind of thing happens four or five times throughout the game. Um, my second game here, I'll get into Raiders at Bears. This was the one loss on the record this week for me. I took under thirty-seven and a half. Unfortunately, it was also my bad lock beat. of the week, but this is a bad beat. I. Whenever I'm looking at my my wins and losses, sometimes I look at the losses and just say, was I completely off or was it just one of those things where, like you said, it's a bad beat. This was a bad beat. I predicted this game basically to a T. Uh, We had a defensive touchdown with five minutes and 30 seconds left in the fourth quarter. And then we had the Jacoby Myers touchdown with a minute 10 left in the fourth quarter. So, you know, I'm not going to complain too much about this one. I kind of count this as a half win because I at least saw the game as it was going to play out. The backdoor covers happen now and then, so it is what it is. Not, It sucks it was my lock of the week. I did feel really good about it. It was my biggest bet of the week, but um, again, one of those, when I look back on it, I called it correctly. Just a couple of things happened at the end that kind of screwed me. Yeah, the Bears were lining up for a 54-yard field goal with a kicker that is traditionally not good at long field goals with five minutes and 51 seconds left. The score of the game was 21-6, to and they ended up scoring at least 11 more points to cut to, to, to ruin your over there so yeah i mean at that point in the game you had to feel great about it uh again like you said the the defensive touchdown really screwed you and then they obviously after at that point you probably knew the raiders were going to get the uh the garbage time td which they did so i can't really uh fault you there definitely a bad beat my next uh best bet we're gonna go with our third loss here this was also my lock of the week i'm now one one on those pittsburgh at the la rams minus three i faded the sharps here I felt pretty good about the matchup, and I I want to call this one a bad beat, but this is kind of what Pittsburgh does. We talked about this uh, when you took Pittsburgh against Baltimore earlier this year. You said it was a bit of a lucky bet. I said I don't think so. That's kind of that's kind of the reason we took Pittsburgh to begin with is because they seem to win these type of games. Uh, the only thing, the only reason I want to maybe protest and call this a bad beat is because the officials just absolutely jobbed me at the end of this game. The Steelers had a fourth and one on the Rams 40. Kenny Pickett sneak. He is a good half yard short, uh, a really bad spot. Atrocious. And it just so happened that the Rams had no timeouts left, and it was just before the two-minute warning when the play happened, so they could not challenge it. And, uh, yeah, it would have been surely overturned. It wasn't even close, and the Rams would have at least had a chance to tie it and then uh, maybe push in overtime or, you know, luckily get a cover if they would have scored a touchdown. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the Rams kind of controlled this game throughout. A couple defensive turnovers. Pittsburgh capitalized. That's kind of what the Steelers do. So uh, their, their defensive line really took over in the second half. I'll eat it. Uh, it's a bit of a bad beat. But, again, I think that's just kind of what the Steelers do. So I, I should probably just eat this one. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the Rams still have to go down and score. And then, obviously, other stuff has to happen after that for this bet to cash. But I agree, like, that's one thing that does bother me about the NFL is just there has to be a smoother way to just figure out these 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 calls that are just 
a whole half yard off and then completely determine a game. Sean McVay knew it was a bad spot from the second that they brought the chains out. I, As I was watching it, I was like, well, it has to be short. This guy didn't even cross the first down line. And then they pull the chain. That was horrible. And, like, yeah, was, a fourth of the ball is past the chain. And I'm like, that is horrible. Like, you can't. You can't be that far off. That's basically just handing the win to the Steelers. The Rams didn't get a chance to answer. So uh, very frustrating there on that part. My third bet, Chargers at Chiefs under 48. That was my push this week. Uh, If you took the bet after the pod, you probably got it at 48 and a half, which would have cashed. But either way, an extremely lucky bet. 41 points scored in the first (laughs) half. Turnovers and defenses stepped it up in the second half and only allowed seven points. Um, you know, lucky to get my cash back on my actual bet, but lucky just in general. At halftime, I thought this bet was dead. I was just hoping that I was going to have a three and two week basically with, um, the Packers and Packers and Broncos and the Dolphins and Eagles. So really not much to say there. Felt like I got really lucky. Um, yeah, I, I can't believe this game went from 41 points scored in one half to seven in the second. Yeah, like you said, pretty lucky bet. I think you kind of uh, you evened yourself out there with the the push here, and then you obviously had the bad beat before with the uh, the over in the Bears uh, Bears Vegas game. So that'll happen both ways throughout the year. They tend to even out for you this week. Uh, they guess they just evened out immediately upon uh, the three o'clock slate there. So uh, our both of our fourth best bets was uh, Philly minus two and a half at home against the Dolphins. This was a fairly easy cash. Uh, the Eagles gave us a bit of a uh, heartburn in the, uh, I don't know if it was a third or fourth quarter when Hertz threw that pick six to uh, get Miami back uh, to 17 all, but the Eagles controlled this game throughout. Uh, there was some ref ball in favor of the Eagles here, 10 penalties called uh, against the Dolphins, zero against the Eagles, plenty of calls they could have made. So I guess we got a little lucky in that respect, but I think the Eagles just uh, played, this was just a bad matchup for the Dolphins, uh, like we said, kind of going in. Uh, what we and I mean the Dolphins offense only scored ten points at the end of the day even with the uh, the bad call on that fourth down uh, you know that that I think we we kind of nailed this one from the beginning and uh, we we probably deserve this cash even with the you know slight help from the refs yeah I mean the refs definitely helped us out quite a bit I mean ten to zero is pretty egregious it's pretty unbelievable that a team goes an entire sixty minutes and doesn't commit a single penalty like that's Oh, they did. Yeah, that's they just didn't get exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, and this is probably going to be something I write a little bit too. It's just a different quarterback when he goes up against elite pressure. I mean, there's not going to be mon- many teams that can create the pressure that the the Eagles can, but the Dolphins will definitely play some good pass rushes on their schedule. So it's just about picking uh, picking the right matchups for them. But yeah, shout out to the whole podcast. This is a big W for us. Like Nick said. Uh, neither of us are going to be afraid to double up on a game anymore. We could have had both had the Ravens. We both could have had the Eagles in a win. So um, no reason to yeah. sweat it. Let's just keep making money. So I, this was an easy one. Yeah, we will. And uh, do you want to go with your sure. fifth yep. best bets? I guess I covered both of our fourth ones. So you go ahead with your fourth. Or your yep, fifth. sure. Packers at Broncos under 45. There was really no sweat here. Two bad offenses. And really the under was never in question. I think they scored a little bit in the second Great half ball. that, you know, they. I think it was actually they had to score like two touchdowns with under six minutes left or something like that to, to hit the over. I can't even remember. I was doing the math in my head while I was watching. So but never really sweated it. Pretty easy call here, so glad that one cashed. Like I said, got me to 3-1-1 one, and one on the week. Nick, let's hear about Monday Night Football. 
Yeah, definitely good bet on the under there with the Packers Broncos. San Francisco minus six and a half at Minnesota. Four times giving points out of my five best bets. I don't. That's that's another. I just I, you cannot do that, especially the six and a half point dog on the road or point uh, favorite on the road. Just not really smart betting from the beginning there on my part. I have to own it. Uh, I it's I want to call it a bit of a bad beat. The San Francisco defense just did not show up uh, in a general sense, though. So I will go ahead and eat it. Zero sacks of Cousins. I can't believe that. Uh, the reason I want to call it a bit of a bad beat is because we had, <laughs> one, a 40-yard field goal missed by Jake Moody. Two, a 60-yard touchdown that should have been an interception uh, for the 49ers that would have maybe swung things a little bit the other way. But at the end of the day, Minnesota outgained the 49ers by over 100 yards. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they just had a great scheme today. Kirk Cousins played probably the game of his life, at least in prime time. So I will give all credit to the Vikings. Uh, another Just another miss by me. Yeah, not much to add there. That was just kind of just a tough – it was a tough game. The second I saw them jump out and then, you know, Purdy just didn't look on, I was like, oh, this isn't going to be a good Monday night football game for the pod. But, um, yeah, I, it road favorite in primetime. But, yeah, again, I think it's easy to say that, but then you also look at all of the primetime Kirk Cousins stats, and it's like if you're going to bet against somebody at home in primetime, it's Kirk Cousins. So – uh, it's just just a rough call there, but that's going to wrap up the Week 7 review. We got 16 games this week, no buys, so nice for betting and fantasy. Plenty of options out there for your boys. Uh, Nick, do you want to go ahead and lead us off with the first game on the slate? Yeah, uh, so we're actually going oh, to yeah. transition over to just running through each game, and we'll kind of stop if we have a line that we really like. Uh, we'll obviously give our leans on each game as we go through, uh, but we're just going to go ahead and touch on each game. And then when we do our best bets pod later in the week, we will obviously settle on, uh, you know, our best bets for the week. If we, if we feel strongly about a game going in, I think this is where we'll call our shot on Thursday night. If we have to, yep. it will be this pod. Usually this will release on Tuesday or Wednesday. We'll record Monday or Tuesday night. So just be on the lookout for that. But we'll start with the Thursday game. Tampa at Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo favored by eight and a half points at home. Over-unders 43. Uh, Cody, I don't know about you. I don't have a huge lean on the line here. I think I would have to take the points in Tampa, but I could see a get-right game for Buffalo here uh, with Baker on the road especially. Uh, I think I would just play the under, though. I like the under 43 quite a bit here. Tampa Bay's got a really good defense, and I don't trust Baker to score much more than his implied point total of 17 here. So, um you know, I think I think that's where I would lean if I was betting this game. Yeah, Baker's been exposed a little bit over the past couple of weeks. He had a couple solid weeks to start the season, and he's kind of come back down to earth. So I'm right there with you. I would take the under as if I was going to make a bet in this game. Um, just so the people know the percentage of bets and the percentage of money, both 81% on the Buffalo Bills. So both the public and the pros taking the Bills minus the points. So um, whenever I was thinking about this earlier, I thought – you know, the Buccaneers might not be a bad bet. The Bills have looked a little rusty, a little rough. Uh, and their defense on the back end at least has been able to got, be got, which kind of suits Mike Evans and Baker Mayfield pretty well. But uh, I think I'm just going to end up staying away from this one. Like you said, if you want some action on Thursday night, I think we both agree on the under. But the spread's just a little too risky right now. Yeah, uh, I yeah I don't I, I'm surprised it's eight and a half. I really thought this would be more like seven, and I would have been on Buffalo at that point because I feel I just feel like this is a game that they've looked bad. What is this two 
three weeks in a yep. row now because they lost to the Jags, came home and barely beat the Giants, then lost to the Patriots on the road. This is like this is just one of those classic spots. I think if Josh Allen is right at home, he's just going to smash the Buccaneers. But I don't know, eight and a half is a lot of points right now for this team that just looks like they're struggling. Uh, the, the injuries on defense are a big deal. So I think I'm staying away from the line and just playing the under. I, I wouldn't include it in my best bets, though. This is kind of a tough game to call Yep, uh, both ways for me. I'm there with you. Let's go Rams at Dallas. Dallas favored by six and a half points at home on this one, over under 45 and a half. Um uh, Cody, another game I don't have a too much of a conviction about. I think I would take the Rams and the points if I had to lean one way or the other. Seems like a little too much for, uh, you know, to, to, to give to the worst coach and arguably the worst quarterback. I think Stafford and Dak are probably about even in most NFL circles. So uh, getting all those points for with, with McVay and Stafford makes me feel good. But it is a pretty bad matchup uh, when you look at the Dallas D-line against the Rams O-line. So what do you think? Yeah, I have a slight lean the other way. I think if I had to bet it, I would take Cowboys minus six and a half. I just think they're a much better all-around team. Um, their defense has been struggling a little bit since the um, the injury to Diggs. So definitely, again, this one's probably not cracking my top five this week. If I had to go one way, I'd go Cowboys. But I I do feel you. I mean, six and a half is a lot of points to give to, like you said, arguably the better coach and, you know, Stafford and Dak are probably pretty close to each other in a lot of people's rankings. So it's really just the team around them so. that you'd be betting on here with the Cowboys. But exactly as you said, I just I wouldn't feel that comfortable recommending that people bet that line. Yeah, 45 and a half seems a little high to me too. I think this Rams offense could really struggle. Like I said, the matchup is bad with that Dallas D line uh, against their offensive line. That's been better than we expected, but it's still bottom 10 in the league in a lot of metrics. And then Dallas's offense has just been pretty out of sync as well. We saw the Chiefs offense absolutely destroy that Chargers defense this past weekend, and Dallas was okay. What, 20 points against them? Yeah. Uh, they've been up and down. They obviously got wrecked by San Francisco the week before that, so 45.5 seems a little high. I think I'd play the under right now. We'll see later in this week. Maybe I'll uh, do some research and change my mind. Nick, Minnesota before, at Green Bay. before you move on, I just yeah, want to make, up? I think you're. that's a very sharp bet for you. 63% of the bets are on the over, and 97% of the money is on the under. So oh, that is a huge pros, Joes. Oh, I was going to mention the under. Insane. The under is definitely one that I would consider putting in my best bets. Um, just that that big of a difference is one of those that you just have to look at. So, um, holy yeah, great shanks. call by you yeah, though. That is ridiculous. Okay, yeah, that makes me feel a little better about it. Um, we'll, we'll probably revisit that one at some point uh, later this week. Minnesota at Green Bay. Green Bay minus one right now. This line's been jumping all over the place. Over under 42 and a half. Uh, so this opened at Green Bay minus two and a half. It moved to Minnesota plus one. It's now back to Green Bay minus one, depending where you're looking. Uh, most books I've seen are Green Bay minus one. Some some people have it as a pick em too. So uh, I... I think this might be an early call for me as one of my best bets. Love Green Bay at home in this spot. Minnesota's coming off a really emotional win against the 49ers. Uh, Green Bay's looked terrible for three weeks in a row. They haven't covered in any of those games. Just a classic cousin spot for me. I think, um, yeah, if this, I, I might wait on this, though, because I think the public will be all over the Vikings. I think you might be able to get plus one or plus one and a half on Green Bay. I don't think it's going to go much farther than minus one the other way. And I'd probably play this up to about two, two and a half. So 
Uh, I I love the Packers here. Nick, you are thinking basically with the same brain I am right now. I am all over the Packers as well. (laughs) The Kirk Cousins and the Vikings are coming off of a huge win in primetime. The Packers are coming off a pretty rough loss against your Broncos. So, yeah, another one, 61% of bets on the Vikings, 87% of the money on the Packers. So, another sharp call there by Nick. Absolutely. Yeah, that one, uh, that will probably make its way into one of our top fives, uh, maybe both uh, by the end of the week. We'll see where the number lies, but I think it's only going to move in our favor, honestly, from minus one. So um, over under 42 and a half, I don't really have a strong lean there. I think I'd rather just play the line. Uh, Atlanta at Tennessee. Atlanta favored by three points on the road against Malik Willis and uh, Will Levis. It sounds like the the Tennessee Titans are going to play both of them this week. Over under a absolutely disgusting 35 and a half. Even considering the double quarterback situation, uh, the old adage, obviously, if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. Um, I, I have a pretty strong lead towards Tennessee plus three. I mean, in any game that is over under 35 and a half, you're getting three whole points at home, especially. Feel like you've got to play that uh it might not make its way into my top five but i think i will put some money on the titans one way or another i i feel pretty good about that one it's just it's how good can you really feel when you're betting on the combination of malik willis and will levis yeah absolutely that is the toughest spot here but i think you're going to get some value because of that um i believe that the statement today said that Will Levis would get the start, but yes, uh, Will Levis is expected to start, but Malik Willis will also play per head coach Mike Rabel. So let Levis go. Give him a exactly, shot. I'm right there with he's, you. He's a highly touted prospect. Just give him a chance. Yep. I mean, you might as well. Also, Malik Willis took so many sacks to end their game this week that, or I guess two weeks ago, yeah, I was just pulling my hair out watching that. It was atrocious, but. Yeah, I'm there with you. Mike Vrabel at home as an underdog has a phenomenal record. This is one of those. uh, Will Compton from Bustin' with the Boys and Taylor LeJuan, they played on the Titans. This is one of those. Just Mike Vrabel's going to get in there and tell everyone that their season's over with. The media told them that their season's over with and just rally these guys up. Um, So, yeah, I'm kind of right there with you. I don't know if I'm going to make this a part of my five. We'll see how we feel at the end of the week. Just a little bit scared with the uh, quarterback not controversy, but combination maybe that we're seeing in Tennessee, but this is a Mike Vrabel spot to bet for sure. Yeah. And it's a bad matchup for Atlanta's offense too. Tennessee, obviously a, uh, a pass funnel, but when your quarterback is Desmond Ritter, that is not a good thing. So if they're able to take away the Atlanta run game and make them one dimensional, uh, I mean, it, there's, there's almost no way this doesn't cover if that's the case. So uh, we'll, 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 we'll revisit this later in the week, but I, I like Tennessee quite a bit. I might be talking myself into putting that in my five. I love it. Uh, New Orleans minus one at Indy over unders 43 and a half. This one is another one that's bouncing in between Pickham and Indy minus one and New Orleans minus one. Seems like pretty much a coin flip type of game. Call your shot. I have a I have a really tough time with this one. I, I can't imagine it finds its way into my top five on any of the spots, the over under, the you know the line. Uh, I don't know. If you tell me tell me if I'm off here, but uh, I I would probably just stay away from this one. I'm staying away from it for sure. I I don't want to put my money in either Dennis Allen and Derek Carr's hands or Gardner Minshew's hands on the other side, especially a game where Gardner Minshew had a pretty good statistical game. 
I'd imagine there's a little bit of a comeback from there. Um, just so the people know, it looks like 62% of bets are on the Saints, 66% of money on the Colts. So it looks like the pros are leaning the Colts really? a little bit, but I, I don't necessarily see what they're saying. This is just a stay away from me. Yeah, very coin flippy. If you want to call your shot, go ahead. I, I think I would actually lean Saints just because they have the best unit in this game, in my opinion, and their their defense. Kind of got embarrassed last week by the Jags. Maybe not embarrassed, but they played uh, a little under expectation for sure, so I could see them really trying to get up for this one against uh, Minshew. they probably get a couple turnovers at least. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I don't have a ton of confidence in Derek Carr on the road either, so I, I think I agree. Just stay away. New England at Miami. Miami uh, favored by 9.5 here, over under 46.5. I I have a pretty strong lean in this game as well, and that's taking the Dolphins and the points. Uh, I got burned giving points last week four out of five times, and I only hit one of them. Uh, but I, I think this line should be over 10 and would have definitely been 12 or 13 if we had had this game last week before New England beat Buffalo and Miami lost to uh, the Eagles. I still think these teams are pretty far apart in terms of overall quality. Uh, so I I feel pretty strongly about the Dolphins. Uh, give me your opinion. I would also be on the Dolphins in this game. Uh, another one, I don't know if it's going to make my top five. I don't necessarily love giving a bunch of points, but you are getting the much better team um, in the Dolphins. And I'm just going to check the weather for Sunday. It's still going to be hot. It's going to be like 85 degrees around game time Sunday in Miami, Florida. So... Obviously, for those who know and those who don't, Miami has a very good home field advantage because the way that their stadium is set up during noon games, they have shade. The other team does not. Those so bastards. it is, yeah, it is a true home <laughs> field advantage. Bastards. I think that, you know, that alone, so that alone's worth a couple points. Then you add the home field advantage of the fans and stuff. So, uh, yeah, just I'm with you. I would also eat the points if. If the Dolphins sneak out a win against the Eagles or the Bills blow out the Patriots like everyone was expecting in that game, like you said, this is going to be a two-touchdown spread. You know, you're probably hoping that you get 13 and a half and you don't have to eat the full two touchdowns. So, yeah, I'm there with you. Um, percentage of bets, 68% of bets are on the Patriots, 54% of the money on the Dolphins. So, looks like the pros are a little bit split in this one, but the public is hammering the Patriots. So, I would, uh, I'd probably also lean Dolphin side. Yeah, I mean, they're just, I guess the public is just very reactionary. So 100% playing a big part in this right now. Um, but yeah, I, I'd be pretty strong on the Dolphins. If it's under 10, uh, come Friday or Saturday, whenever we record, uh, I, there's a pretty decent chance it ends up in my top five. I, I, I think, I think this game, they win by two touchdowns. They only beat the, they only beat, uh, the Patriots by seven in New England earlier this year, but one that was in New England, two, they had two missed field goals, one straight up just a miss, the other one blocked, and they outgained them by over 100 yards. I think they're just they're just a far, far superior team, and they, they can't put the pressure on the Dolphins like the, uh, the Eagles did by only rushing four. Um, Jets at Giants, technically. Uh, both teams having the home game here. Jets favored by three points over under 36.5. This one feels very similar to the Falcons Titans game to me. I I'm taking the points in a, in an over under game this low, uh, 36 and a half. I, I think the giants will really get up for this one. It's obviously the New York bowl. If Tyrod's playing, I feel fantastic about the giants chances here. Uh, I, you know, I might even still ride the under here. Uh, I'm just scared. Zach Wilson gives a touchdown to the giants defense. Uh, but 
Another one, I am very strongly considering putting the Giants in at plus three. Yeah, I also like the Giants plus three. Um, a little bit of, I mean, it's, the money is coming in on the Jets at 60%, but like you said, Tyrod Taylor, if he's the one playing quarterback, he just, he does not turn the ball over, which if you take a look at the defensive metric for the Jets, if you take away turnovers, they are a pretty average defense. I know they get touted as one of the best in the league, but it's because they make so many turnovers. When they face teams that don't turn the ball over, their defense kind of, it's just it's very average. So Tyrod Taylor's very good at just keeping control of the ball. If Daniel Jones is in this game as starting a quarterback, i probably flip sides and I'd rather have the Jets side of it because I don't trust Danny Dimes as much. Crazy to say that you don't trust their franchise quarterback as much as Tyrod Taylor. But that just happens to be the case right now. Um, so yeah, I'm with you. Take the Jets plus three. Uh, let's see over under in this game. Oh, a whopping 36, 36 and a half. half. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I guess I'd bet the under as well, but that's, <laughs> that's not very many points they have to get to. Yeah. Not, I, not way too low to be in the top five. I mean, like there's, there's just so many things that could happen that push this thing over when it shouldn't be over. Like, you know, a special teams touchdown, defensive touchdown. And, uh, you know that that's that's just it's too risky to put in the five, but I think I would still uh, lean the under there, and then I I would I like the Giants plus three quite a bit. Another game, it's just when you're when you have this low of a score, take the field goal. I mean the the push is a pretty likely outcome here. So, uh, and then if if not, I think the Giants could easily take it. Jacksonville minus two and a half at Pittsburgh over under forty two. I've been burned by Pittsburgh on both ends of the stick here. Took them in week one as home dogs. They got blown out by the Niners. Took them as uh, road dogs last week, and they beat me. So I'm probably not the best guy to ask, Cody. Where do you lean here? Yeah, I guess this is a Mike Tomlin spot as well. I know I mentioned that about Mike Vrabel earlier, but (sighs) plus two and a half at home. I mean, he's pretty good as a home underdog, but... Jaguars team is extremely good. You get the way better quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. And um, I, let's just, I mean, Mike Tomlin, Doug Peterson, they affect the games in different ways. Let's just call those two a push at this point. So if I'm betting this game, it's going to be on the Jaguars side. But I don't know how much I love them going into Pittsburgh. And actually, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to hold on this one because I did actually hear some stats about the Steelers that make them seem they're not as bad. Like you said, it's just... It's one of those games where there's a good chance that it just it comes down to a field goal one way or the other at the end of the game, like Steelers games have basically all year, and it just depends on whether or not it's the Jaguars kicking it or the Steelers kicking it. So this one's, again, probably not one that's going to make my best bets. I would lean Jaguars and just bet with Trevor Lawrence as the way better quarterback. but um, And it, the, the bets and money are basically split down the middle. 54% of bets uh, coming in on the Jags, 52% of the money. So... There's not really a strong lean either way on the professional market either. Yeah, the the, the books know these trends with Tomlin, uh, and yet they I, I feel like they're putting this out there as a bit of a trap. I I, I don't know. I, I think I think the Jags on a neutral field are just a much better team uh, overall. Obviously, the better quarterback, uh, similar offensive weapons. I think you could argue they're better there as well. Defense probably favors Pittsburgh, but. I mean, both these secondaries are very beatable. Uh, they, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers just have T.J. Watt and the Jaguars don't. That's really the only difference on that side of the ball. It's a big difference, but I don't know. I think I'd be leaning Jags here as well. It's, this is almost certainly not going to make my five, though. 
Philadelphia minus six and a half at Washington over under 43 and a half here. Jalen Hurts a little beat up going into this week. He's got a knee sprain. Uh, we will have more on that later in the week. Maybe that will shift the line one way or the other, but I got burned on this exact line last year on our best bets pod. I don't know if you remember that, Cody, but I took Washington plus six and a half at home. I think it was week two last year and Philadelphia won by 17 points. So uh, I think I would lean Washington here just because this feels like another one of those where Philly just had a big emotional win at home on Sunday night against a great team. Washington just got embarrassed in New York against the Giants. You'd have to imagine, you know, this is kind of where it flips the other way and this is a close game, uh, especially because they played a close game earlier this year. But I think I'm scared off of it. I, I have some other games I'd lean towards. Yeah, this one is probably right on the line of making my top five. I also like the Commanders plus six oh, and really? a half. They just play the Eagles extremely okay. well. Okay. Um, obviously, if Jalen Hurts' knee is hampered even a little bit, I'm, I'm curious how much that affects their game plan, especially considering anything from one to two yards out immediately goes to their tush-push, brotherly shove, whatever you want to call it. So I'm curious to see how that you know can affect it. 61% of bets on the Eagles, 54% of the money, so not a strong lean either way on the professional side. Um, so, yeah, I I don't know. I'm not – I. it's going to be close. I don't necessarily love putting my money, again, with the worst coach and the worst quarterback. That burned me quite a bit two weeks ago, so I'll probably try to avoid that if I can, but I do like this commander's team against the Eagles. They just play them tough. Yeah, I'll go ahead and let you take that one. Uh, the fact that I was, <laughs> I just can't get over the fact that it was the exact same line last year and I got absolutely torched on it. So I'll let you suffer through taking the commanders uh, against the Eagles and uh, watch you squirm as the game <laughs> goes on here. But uh, Texans minus three and a half at the Carolina Panthers over under 43 and a half. The battle of the number two and number one overall picks in this past draft. This one is interesting, Cody. Um, I, I feel like the the books are really trying to get you to take Houston here. That's scaring me off of the Texans. This line, you'd expect it to be much higher than three. Uh, this Texans team has looked very competent. They're three and three on the year. They've beat some decent teams. Um, you know, obviously the Saints, the Steelers, uh, the Jags on the road. So I, I think... The books are almost really trying to bait you into taking this Texans team, but only three points for Carolina is not enough. I think I think if it gets up to three and a half or four, I might just play it on speculation, but uh, I don't think there's any way it makes it into my top five either way, though. Yeah, I definitely think the books are trying to get you to take the home uh, home or I'm sorry, yeah, the home. No, they're trying to t get you to take the road favorite. The smart bet would be to take the home yes, underdog. Yes. Um, but yeah, I was just pulling up the Texans schedule here. Uh, I just have no football reason to take the Panthers right uh, now. I, I mean, I, I don't know. It's just the, there is going to be a bounce back at some point, but, man, it's tough. Yeah, so they lost to the Ravens, lost to the Colts. They blew out the Jaguars, blew out the Steelers, lost to the Falcons, beat the Saints. So, yeah, I, I don't really up and yeah, down. I don't really have a good beat on the on the Texans team. If I'm actually curious. I'm going to listen to a couple of podcasts with some professional bettors on it. I could be talked into taking the Panthers plus three just because it is such a public bet just to ride with this Texans team. I mean, like you said, the yeah. oh, Vegas yeah. is trying to get everyone to take the Texans minus three, but um, I kind of thought something similar when they played the Saints a couple weeks ago and got burned there. So we'll see. I would lean the Panthers and just take the, the points at home. We get a 
Miles Sanders coming back fully healthy. He's not going to completely affect the game, but he is, you know, better than Chuba Hubbard back there. So we'll see how it turns out. Probably not making the top five unless I really get talked into it. And if I do get talked into it, I will come in with a very good explanation as to why, because I'm sure the people would have to hear why I would ever bet that game. I can't wait to hear it. Yeah, I I do like Frank Reich as a coach. I mean, maybe he's going to scheme some stuff up off the bye, but the Texans are also off the bye, and we like D'Amico Ryans as a coach as well. So uh, definitely, definitely a tough one to call at this point. Cleveland at Seattle. Seattle favored by three and a half points over under down to 38 in this game. Deshaun Watson ruled out today, so it will be P.J. Walker. This one is another one that is a strong contender for my top five at Cleveland plus three and a half on the road. This Seattle offense has looked out of sync the past three weeks. They looked great in the first half against the Cardinals last week, and then the tap completely turned off for them. Uh, having Geno Smith and Ken Walker on my main squad was frustrating because they should have scored two more touchdowns between them, in my opinion. But uh, I digress. Uh, I think this Cleveland defense is going to get up after that bad showing they had against the Colts last week. Um, and this is just, I mean, it's an offense. It's a good offense in Seattle, but it's not a great one. And the big mismatch here is that Cleveland D-line against the Seattle O-line that has been up and down this year for sure. And uh, I don't. I think uh, again, another game over under thirty eight. We're getting three and a half points. Uh, I think I will take that all day long. I, I was surprised to see it go from three to three and a half when Watson was ruled out. I don't think Walker is that much of a downgrade right now, especially with Watson's injury. Yeah, on on DraftKings, I'm pretty sure it was still at two and a half this morning, and then once the news came out, it moved a full point to three and a half. So I was very surprised when I saw that as well, because I would agree. I do not think that. Deshaun Watson is worth that much more than P.J. Walker, especially with his injury. I'm with you. I mean, you are just – its me and you are on the same thought process tonight. I also like Browns plus three and a half. This one is going to be in very strong consideration for my top five. That defensive line should have their day with the Seahawks offensive line. And on top of that, Geno Smith – very similar to Tua, but I don't think he's as good as Tua. As soon as he gets put off his spot, gets pressure in his face – his ability to play quarterback just really goes down quite a bit. So I, I agree. The The public and the pros are maybe a little bit against us. 17% of the bets are on the Browns and only 20% of the money. So both the public and the pros coming in on the Seahawks. But I don't know how much of that is in consideration when it was at 2.5. I did hear, you know, at 2.5, it's not a bad bet for the Seahawks. But now that we're getting the full field goal and the hook, I got to be on the Browns side. Yeah, I really hope it stays at three and a half. Uh, By the time we record, I will probably be on this game in my top five if it is uh, still at that 3.5 mark, but we'll see. Baltimore, minus eight and a half on the road against the Cardinals. Over under 44 and a half in this one. Oh, this is another one. (laughs) This is another one. It feels just like a letdown spot for this Ravens squad that looked so, so good last week against the Lions. On the road against the Cardinals, a team they might overlook a little bit here. Uh, Cardinals have, I don't think they've covered in either of their last two games. They got uh, beat on the road against Seattle this week by 10 points. But they're a scrappy bunch. I, I think I'd be leaning Cardinals plus 8.5. I don't think it's in strong consideration for my top five yet. I think this line could move closer to 10 for the Ravens, and then that would you know, maybe change my mind. But uh, I think I'd lean Cardinals, but probably staying away. I actually like the... 
under 44 and a half in this one uh, if I had to choose a spot. Yep, I tend to agree with you on this one as well. Um, I would take the, again, home underdog. I'm, I'm going to not bet road favorites and, you know, wonder why I lose those. So I agree with you. Cardinals plus eight and a half. Um, and then, yeah, the under is also in great consideration. I will say if you do do not feel comfortable betting the Cardinals for the full game, take the Cardinals plus whatever they are for the first half. They are one of the best first-half teams uh, betting-wise in the NFL this year. For some reason, the wheels just completely fall off in the second half. So I don't have a strong lean either way. I don't mind the under, like you said, but if you are going to bet, you know, if you want some action on this game, I like Cardinals first half uh, plus whatever – four, four and a half, whatever it's going to end up being. Yeah, I'll have to do some more research on this one, but that under is pretty intriguing to me. I think 44 and a half seems high. I don't see the Arizona Cardinals doing a ton against this good Baltimore Ravens unit. And then again, if I if the, 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 the letdown happens that I suspect from the Ravens, I don't know if they're going to be able to cover you know, 30 points of this line, which I think they might have to to get to the over here. But uh, Cincinnati... At San Francisco, San Francisco favored by three and a half points at home, over under 43 and a half. Brock Purdy entered the concussion protocol today, knocked this line down two points from five and a half to three and a half. I think that completely changed my opinion on this game, too. I was going to be on the Bengals. Uh, I was not probably going to include it in my top five either way, but now that it's down to three and a half in favor of the Niners, I don't think I'd change my opinion too much on this 49ers offense with Sam Darnold under center, to be honest. So I think it's just two free points. If it gets down to three, I would be all over San Francisco. Uh, three and a half, I'm still holding here. What do you think? Yeah, this is, again, going to be one of those I probably just try and stay away from. I don't I don't want to have to bet against the 49ers because I do think they're the better overall team. But I don't want to also bet against Joe Burrow. Um, I just think that he is still one of the upper echelon quarterbacks, especially if he may maybe was able to get it healthy over the bye week and feels pretty good going into this game. So um, probably trying to stay away from it, but I do share the same sentiment. I don't, I don't think going from Brock Purdy to Sam Darnold's worth two points. I think Vegas, very similar to the public, is still overvaluing Brock Purdy as a quarterback. So. Um, not saying that he's not good. He is obviously good, but they have an elite team around him and one of the best play callers in the NFL. So, I yeah, I tend to agree with you there. I If you like the 49ers and you think the way Nick and I do, this is a lot of value you're getting going from Purdy to Sam Darnold, I probably just try to stay away from it if I can. Yeah, Trent Williams is the other injury you got to watch. Uh, sure. It was a big deal not having him against the Vikings last week. Uh, if he's back... And this thing falls down to three. I think there's almost no way it does not make it, uh, its way into my top five. Uh, another another situation similar to the Browns where they got beat up against the Vikings on the road last week. This defense is going to get up, especially because they will be in a uh, not exactly prime time, but it's going to be a 325 game with a Bengals team that's very popular in the public eye. So I think they will really, really get up for this game, especially if their quarterback's out too, because you know they're going to feel the pressure to kind of uh, win this game for this team. Bears at Chargers is the Sunday night game. How is this the Sunday night game? Chargers favored by eight and a half points over under 46 and a half. Man, I, I think I, I guess I would lean bears, but I can't bet on Tyson Bajan in on a primetime spot. And I can't give eight and a half points to a team playing against the Chargers uh, that just love to muck up games. They should win. So 
Uh, I I think this is a complete stay away for me at this point. Maybe the line moves and changes my mind one way or the other, but I, I don't see any way this makes it into my top five. Yeah, right there with you. I, I can't really see a way it gets into mine as well. Um, if I had to go one way, I would... If I had to bet it, I would just take the Chargers and hope they finally get something clicking just because I do not want to put money on Tyson Badgett in primetime. So I am right there with you. What is the over-under for this game? It's got to be... 46 and a half. Oh, I will smash that under. That is ridiculous. Yeah. (laughs) That is... that sounds high. That sounds terribly high. Yeah, that's probably going to be one of my five. That's an easy primetime under where we get a guy making his second ever NFL start. And I know a lot of people think that he looked decent against the Raiders. The Raiders have a bottom no. bottom five, bottom six defense, and his yards per attempt were ridiculously low. It was nothing but dump-offs or quick passes around the line of scrimmage. Yeah. It's, that's not going to work for more than – that's not going to work against most teams. You know, the Raiders – if the Raiders have Jimmy G, I think that they find a way to pull that game out. Just having Brian Hoyer in there really just kind of dampened their entire team, so – um, I love the under 46 and a half. I will actually probably put something on that right as soon as we get off this podcast. Yeah, so that one could trickle down a little bit once, uh, you know, the starters get locked in and Fields is officially ruled out. I don't think anybody expects him to play. But, yeah, to your point, Tyson Bajan, 57 air yards last week on 29 throws. Uh, I think there was some stat that that is, like, one of the lowest totals per pass attempt. Uh, under two yards in the last, like, five or ten years. That's ridiculously low it's you know i it's that's that's something that even a poor defense is going to be able to scheme against so uh, i i like the under two vegas at detroit is the monday night game detroit favored by eight and a half points at home over unders 45 and a half another game where i have a couple leans here both on the line and the total uh cody i'm gonna throw it to you though i want to see what you think first and then uh, i'll give you my thoughts um yeah this is one i guess if i'm going to play it I, I would take the Lions in a bounce back spot. I actually I just I'm looking at the percentage of bets, percentage of money. So I was hoping to hear your opinion and then just I was gonna quiz you on what you think it is. So let me hear yours real quick and then I'm gonna throw a question your way afterwards. I'm sure I'm riding the public here, but give me the Lions at home. Eight and a half points is way too low against a Vegas team that this reminds me of those that Carolina game, the the Falcons game. Uh, with the Lions at home earlier yep. in the year, this is a vastly, uh, a vastly uh, inferior opponent uh, to the Lions. They just lost badly on the road. Uh, there's gonna, they're gonna have a lot of people calling them frauds. Dan Campbell's gonna get them up for this game. I think they absolutely smash the Raiders. Uh, and I love the over because I think the, I think if Jimmy G's healthy, which it looks like he's going yep. to be, he'll be able to move the ball against this Lions secondary. It's been beatable. Uh, they'll, so they'll be throwing a lot of passes. The clock will be stopping when the ball is hitting the ground. And like I said, I think the Lions have their way with the Vegas defense. So I could see a 34-20 type of game for the Lions here. Uh, so we cover and hit the over pretty easily. Yeah, so <laughs> um, yeah, you're right there. I'm right there with you. The percentage of bets and the percentage of money is very similar within 3%. Can you guess what the percentage is for roughly what for both of them are? I'm going to say it's 80%. Uh, on Detroit. 98% of the bets, 95% of the money <laughs> is on Detroit. Oh <laughs> they are massive favorites, oh uh, both in the word. public and pro eyes. Obviously, eight is not enough. So, 
If you are listening to this, as soon as it comes out on Thursday and you still see it at 8, go get it. It is most likely going to move up. Wouldn't be surprised if it moves up a couple of points with uh, both the public and the pros being on the same side here. But, yeah, I was very surprised. Um, As for the over-under, you said the over, uh, 63% of the money, 63% of the bets on the under, but the unders are almost always going to have more of the money because pros just hammer on Especially in prime time. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, that's that's that scares me a little bit, but I don't know. I just I really like the profile of this game for the over, and I've been really on unders this year. I think it's it's got it's going to come back the other way at some point. It always does. Um, you know, obviously they set the over unders where they do for a reason. I mean, they're they they basically even out most years. So, yep. uh, I think I think this might be a good spot to take an over. I can't remember. I think it was primetime unders were. Was it? They're 16 and 7. Is that what year. it is I now? Mean, I saw that stat earlier on Twitter. Okay, yeah, so the, it, it was went like 2 yeah, and 1 last we week. We talked about it. It was 14 and yeah. 6. Right. It was 14 and 6 last week when we talked about it. They went 2 and 1. Okay. So. Yeah. So, like you said, they're they're going to even out. The primetime unders typically hit around 55-60%, so it's got to come down at least a little bit. So, yeah, I don't mind taking a couple of overs when you get the opportunity to. I think this is one of those. The Lions have been in a lot of high-scoring games. Like you said, if there's a competent quarterback, Playing against the Lions, they do have the chance to score some points on them. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm there with you. I, I don't <laughs> don't mind the over in that game. Um, so to recap, I took a couple of notes here. A couple of them. Uh, Packers and the under in the Packers-Vikings game. The Titans, the Dolphins, the Browns are all teams that we are interested in on the spread. Uh, I believe Nick also liked the 49ers. I was a big fan of the Chargers Bears under. Um, also, I don't think we mentioned it. Cardinals Ravens under forty four and a half. Don't mind that one because the Cardinals just don't score very many points in general. And then um, I don't know. Was there any other over unders that we hammered? Oh, Rams Cowboys maybe under forty five and a half. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I'm not as much on the over unders this week as I am the lines. Uh, a little atypical for me. I kind of like to play those over unders, but. Um, yeah, I think I think you touched on all the ones that we like, especially that Bears Chargers one. I think is probably our favorite under of the week at forty six and a half right now. Yep, absolutely. Well, like I said earlier, make sure you are subscribed on whatever listening platform you are on. Check out the socials in the description. Uh, most of the games while they're happening, I'm usually tweeting out some random BS. So go laugh at those tweets. And uh, yeah, we will be back with our picks. Not sure it'll probably come out Friday or Saturday. So just make sure to keep an eye out for that. And then, as always, the graphic will come out on Sunday morning on the social media. So, Nick, let's get out of here. Let's uh, fine-tune these bets Shout here. Shout out Jimmy Smith. Oh, Jimmy Smith, yes. Forgot about that <laughs> on my my stupid Instagram reel of Derek Carr trying to give the uh, smoke-a-joint symbol. The, the hit-the-joint, he, uh, yeah. he corrected me and said that that meant it was a smoke route. So I got a comment from an NFL Pro Bowler and Super Bowl champ on my stupid Instagram reel. So, Shout out Jimmy that Smith. Was awesome. That was sick. Yeah, yeah. We got we got we got coached up by Jimmy Smith. That was Yeah, that is true. But all right, let's get out of here <laughs> and we will be back with our picks. So make sure to stay tuned for those. We will see you later.